history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, and we're here again for another episode, another interview for the 2022 municipal election. With me today is Mr. Andre Zodian. He's working, he's running for city council in Ward 10 of the City of Toronto, Spadina, Fort York. Welcome to the show, Andre. Thank you for having me. And uh, this is your chance to kind of uh, introduce yourself and ultimately answer the question, why are you running, why this election, and why now? Well, I, um, my, my, uh, I, I've been trying to, um, to spread the word about uh, online voting and uh, semi-direct democracy for, uh, for quite a while now, and um, uh, this is a great opportunity to um, to introduce uh, this uh, in uh, in municipal politics, and um, I'm also trying to restore uh, respect for the voter uh, in uh, in city politics, and uh, and uh, yes, I hope uh, that uh, the people of Ward 10, uh, Spadina, Fort York. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see uh, this the way I see it, and uh, we'll vote for me. That sounds. Um, Hello. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that sounds really, really good. Um, I have interviewed a couple of your um, opponents, and um, y'all have d- uh, different ideas. That's all I'll say on that. Um, in terms of your platform, though. Um, do you have Do you have a website up and going? Can you tell the listeners about your your website and ultimately uh, anything that you want to share about your platform? Yes, I have. Um, I, I have a blog which is uh, andre.zodian.net, uh, but I'm also I will soon launch um, a website specifically for uh, for this election and that will be vote.andre.zodian.net um, and um, uh, I've, I've run in 2018 as well um, and um, uh, with, a, with a similar uh, with similar ideas so direct the semi-direct democracy on on Swiss model online voting much like uh, what is done in Estonia um, blanket uh, Wi-Fi coverage in uh, in downtown, uh, and this was, of course, well before uh, uh, the Rogers uh, uh, fiasco. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I'd also like to introduce um, uh, to to reduce the cost of uh, parking for uh, for electric vehicles, for example. And uh, that should be revenue neutral as long as we make parking fines proportional to vehicle value. 
Um, I'm thinking of um, the TTC is um, has has lost a lot of uh, riders, uh, and to restore readership, I'd like to to make uh, TTC free at off peak hours. Not all off peak hours, but some, uh, in order to encourage people to use TTC again. Um, I would also like to introduce uh, sleeping pods as emergency shelter uh, in, uh, in government buildings um, so that um, uh, parks can be, um, uh, you know, be here in, in, uh, in, down, in the downtown core, um, there's, there's, there isn't enough uh, green space and so we need to, to make that uh, usable. Um, and um, yeah, I'm uh, in terms of COVID, since we are um, going through an Omicron uh, wave, um, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated and boosted since uh, I was boosted in, in December. But at the same time, I think we need to preserve freedoms uh, in terms of vaccination and vaccine mandates as much as possible. So uh, that, in a nutshell, is what I stand for. That is quite a list. <clears throat> um, uh, so how this works is I usually don't have um, questions. I rather I have topics that uh, I like to cover. So I want to talk about the budget a little bit. Now, I've heard from other candidates and also other people that work within the city that... <clears throat> The city's bleeding money, especially coming out of the pandemic. And we have a lot of uh, budgetary decisions that are going to be made by this next council that is formed on October 24th. And that's part of the problem because there are huge implications in terms of the budget going forward. We have a $1.6 billion backlog of TCHC repairs. Uh, the TTC is facing an almost half a billion dollar shortfall on their projected budget. And um, all the while, the TTC CEO is, uh, got a 21% raise last year. And, uh, you know, I just found out that um, the, the city's already asking, like I read it, the city's already asking for money to cover this year not even talking about next year so we we know there are major financial decisions that have to be made by the next um sitting council and i'm just wondering if you have anything to offer on that topic and anything that you want to say uh, about the budget well so first of all um part of, of semi-direct democracy is allowing people to vote on far more uh, things than they are allowed to vote on, right? So the, the way representative democracy works usually is uh, you have uh, people voted in office, and oftentimes politicians come with this uh, idea that uh, now that I'm voted, uh, I do whatever I want, and they don't often don't respond to uh, to their constituents, uh, to, to the, the people living in their ward, um, and they really do whatever they want, which is usually what their, um, uh, their sponsors uh, ask them to do. 
so uh, of course direct democracy uh, uh, semi-direct democracy um, keeps that in check in terms of, uh, of corruption but also uh, a big uh, a big issue a, a big a big uh, part of uh, semi-direct democracy is participatory budgeting so uh, people can uh, can and should be able to um, to drive the budget uh, to perhaps even be able to vote on uh, on uh, different items in the budget uh, the city of Toronto has already already implemented some of this in in terms of participatory budgeting, um, and there is a um, uh, Fraser Institute is is rating because of course city of Toronto is not the only uh, municipality doing this. Um, so uh, the Fraser Institute rated. Um, Can uh, can provide, 
but it's a, it's a very important service. Uh, we know that the federal government uh, has uh, uh, has uh, partnered with provinces, and Ontario was the last one to to do so. And we know that there are quite a few um, uh, child care facilities, especially private ones, that are not going to be part of it because apparently they're, they're losing money. So here. The city can uh, can try to to make the system uh, work better, uh, much like uh, like Quebec has has done uh, for a long time. So yeah, so these are priorities. I think that uh, the people in Ward Ten, uh, you know, childcare, for instance, would place above policing, especially given that. Uh, policing is not really uh, working uh, as well as it should, in spite of all the money we're we're uh, we're putting into it. And you've mentioned uh, TTC and um, and um, uh, the money that's being spent there. Um, I still think that obviously. A, the, the what the, t the the CEO is making is uh, is outrageous, um, but it's very difficult to um, it's it's an easy it's easy to say that uh, that salary uh, needs to be uh, decreased. Uh, the the main issue with the TTC is that despite Toronto being the the biggest city in Canada. Uh, is is even by North American standards, and, and these are you know far behind Europe. Um, uh, the public transportation is subsidized to a, 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 a lesser extent. Uh, it, it's one of the, the least subsidized uh, systems in North, still in North North America, and um, so the, the the city of Toronto, I think, is right to ask for money from uh, from the province and from the federal government. Um, one one thing that that that's been tried before, uh, perhaps unsuccessfully, is uh, you know toll, uh, tolls on on uh, on highways, um, on on the DVP, for instance, um, for for people who uh, are outside from outside Toronto for example um, and and I think you know this, this is these are uh, you know tolls for for accessing downtown um, in order to fluidize traffic is is you know it's, it's an important source of income that's been explored by other cities in the world and quite successfully reducing noise pollution and all kinds of pollution downtown and so on and so forth and um, so so there are ways to uh, to increase revenue while uh, addressing traffic pollution and uh, making TTC more affordable and uh, more more uh, uh, you know increasing usage of, of TTC absolutely Wow, that was a lot uh, that you uh, laid out there. That was uh, very, very well put out there. Um, in terms of transit, um, since we're there now, <clears throat> I'm just wondering, uh, in terms of like the the projects that are currently going on, you know, we've seen the uh, 
the transit discussion go on for years. You know, um, David Miller wanted uh, LRTs, Rob Ford wanted subways, and, and John Tory wanted Smart Track. And I mean, I don't know what the right um, solution is. I just know that we need more transit. And, uh, but we also need the conversation to come to an end, and we need somebody to act. And get the shovels in the ground. The shovels have been in the ground, say, what, last two, three years, maybe longer. Uh, but they they would be in the ground a lot longer, uh, and we'd be a lot farther along in our transit projects if people would have stopped having the conversation and just put the shovels in the ground. Um, in terms of expansion, you know, we've seen the TDC go into York Region, now, um, I'm just wondering if you'd be in favor to see it go into Peel region or Durham in the east. Your thoughts? I, I think um, the issue with the TTC is that um, this expansion outside uh, Toronto is is something that should be undertaken one, once uh, the overload, uh, the you know the, the tracks are overloaded downtown and on the on the Young Line, and um, uh, you know there's a relief line that should be coming on and so on, and and you're right, uh, all this 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 constant uh, re replanning uh, you know every time somebody comes up with a plan uh, they start money is being invested uh, you know they start building they, they do all these studies uh, and, and then somebody else comes along and they want their own plan and everything else is abandoned and this is a waste of time and, and taxpayers funds so um, I think uh I think John Tory is going to get reelected, and uh, his plans are going to, uh, you know, uh, go on. And whatever Doug Ford wants, Doug Ford will get. Um, so, really, we we can't uh, in in the city council, in the Toronto city council, we can't fight uh, against Ford. So we need to work with uh, Doug Ford and and uh, his party and. Uh, uh, go along and um, uh, do our best to to make the issue of uh, and, and to plead for um, for the issue that is uh, the, the the overload and and uh, the you know the the system is, is strangled downtown uh, and that's where uh, more investments should uh, should go for the time being. Um, and yes, I think expansion is something that should be attempted only after, uh, you know, the, the stumbling blocks are cleared. Um, but of course, uh, you know, irrespective of my view, uh, uh, you know, Metrolinks and, and uh, our provincial overlords will do uh, whatever uh, their constituents want and their constituents are not from uh, Toronto unfortunately yeah I, uh, I see your point there and uh, now I want to talk about uh, crime and police 
Um, it's a, a topic that, uh, you know, unfortunately this city, because of the pandemic, you know, the, the crime rate has gone up. Um, and also with, uh, with that terrible tragedy that happened in Texas and the two uh, incidents that happened in Toronto following that, including the one where uh, that person was killed by police and then afterwards they found out it was a BB gun, not a, not a rifle. Um, and I'm just wondering in terms of like the carjackings and stuff, anything that you want to offer on that, uh, on that topic? Yes. Um, I think in, in, uh, in Canada in general, we're very fortunate that, um, we have far less crime than in the United States, but we often, um, you know, because we consume, because United States dominates the news cycle to such an extent, uh, to, you know, to the extent that it does, uh, we often have the perception that uh, crime is increasing. But unfortunately, after um, uh, after COVID had this. Uh, really negative impact on, on mental health and uh, perhaps crime is uh, has increased as partly because of, of that and so you know we have um, many people who are more frustrated and um, they don't always have uh, legal outlets to, to express their frustration and some resort to crime and so yes yeah, so crime has definitely increased um, in, in an ideal world uh, policemen would be able to recognize and um, uh, diffuse uh, tense situations because more often than than not uh, I, I think some of these situations may be um, may be resolved without the use of lethal force. But, you know, policemen are also humans, just like you and me, and uh, we can't expect them to uh, to be perfect. Uh, they will, uh, you know, act in the best interests of, uh, of safety and often themselves. And, you know, um, people who may appear as criminals may die even though you know they're not uh they don't pose the threat that uh even even the the person who used uh, a, a rental van to mow down people on young street uh was trying to basically commit uh suicide by cop by pretending he had a gun and luckily the the police officer who responded uh, was incredibly um, um, uh, perceptive and uh, and um, had a, a great self-control, and he, he was able to to arrest uh, and see that you know there was no gun there. Uh, but you know that was a, a, a great act of uh, of courage and uh, professionalism and. He performed well above the, the call of, of duty when when he made that arrest, and you cannot expect every single police officer to perform at the same level. Um, so unfortunately, uh, you know, people will die. Uh, 
even when they have a BB gun, and and, and you know that's that's how life is. Um, it, it's 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 something that uh, hopefully will uh, will decrease. I I, I don't think uh, it's something that this, this increasing crime is is going is is uh, is permanent. Um, and what we've learned uh, is you know throughout throughout the, you know especially with the example uh, south of the border is that um, responding to to such uh, temporary increases in crime with tougher laws and tougher policing may actually increase crime so I think um, like I said I, I don't think that uh, spending more money on policing or or making tougher laws uh, is the way to go here. I think uh, we need to expand support services and um, try to to go for smarter policing. And and there are already initiatives in that direction. Uh, there are special um, uh, units. Uh, that are supposed to deal with um, with uh, instances where mental health uh, is, you know, is uh, is an issue, and uh, a lot of things are actually moving in in, in the right direction. And uh, you know, it, it's um, one one uh, problem with uh, with crime and our response to crime is that oftentimes politicians. Uh, Virtually every politician uh, calls for more police, uh, as if that is a, a, the solution to uh, to all our problems. Um, and whenever such calls are made, uh, uh, intelligent voters note that um, that there is never um, a, a ceiling to such calls. Uh, it, there is never a, a limit to how many police officers per, per, per capita uh, or or any kind of measure of how how safety increases with with more police uh, it's just a, a demagogical call for uh, for more police and that that increases costs and often uh, does not reduce crime uh, so yes that that is uh, that is, uh, you know, um, I, I think that we need to invest in, in people, we need to invest in services, uh, we need to uh, make sure that uh, uh, our city, uh, and, and that is going to increase uh, safety and also quality of life. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, I, I want to talk about uh homeless and uh, affordable housing. Unfortunately, I think specifically in your ward, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it could be the the largest population of the homeless that live in the city of Toronto. And um, I'm just wondering, what what can we do to help them? Um, Because every time that there is a shelter that's going to be put up either by the local businesses or the community. They try to get it shut down. That happened in Ward 3, Etobicoke Lakeshore. And I'm just wondering, um, what can we do to help them? 
and how can we maybe utilize affordable housing to help them? Your thoughts? Right, so this is one of, of the issues that um, are, are, are very important and uh, I, I address it in my platform in terms of, uh, of uh, sleeping pods. So the idea is to have these sleeping pods which take very uh, little space um, as, a, as an emergency shelter, uh, they can, you know, they require an initial investment, but they are cheap to operate, um, and they can be scaled up quickly, um, and and that's one way to to address this uh, on you know on a on a day to day basis um, in, in for for the short term. Uh, for the long term, um, I think we need to look at the example of uh, other great cities and how they dealt with uh, uh, with um, uh, homelessness and with uh, uh, housing affordability. And I think the best examples to look at are, are Vienna and Singapore. Um, and in both of these cases, there have been ma massive investments by uh, all levels of government um, and the way the way this is done uh, typically is uh, by actually building housing, um, and it, it, this is not an issue again for the long term. This isn't an issue that uh, can be left uh, to the market alone uh, to uh, to take care of, because uh, oftentimes uh, the market uh, and capitalism in general thrives on scarcity so uh, the, what, what happens and I see this when I canvas I, I see uh, a, a whole lot of, uh, of um, uh, apartments uh, with uh, with a lock uh, um, with a lock box at the door uh, suggesting that they are uh, owned by um, by uh, investors who rent them out uh, and currently they're, they're kept uh, uh, empty. And and that's what, what happens there. We, we have an increasing number of, um, of REITs or, or uh, property uh, managers or, or investors or, or corporations that uh, accumulate uh, apartments and houses and, uh, and they rent them. And that uh, increases uh, uh, the price for um, you know for individuals who are uh, uh, who find it more difficult to uh, step onto the housing ladder uh, you know the property ownership and and uh, it's it's a, it's a vicious circle uh, you you build more housing you make it uh, easier to build housing um, but the, the more you build, the more uh, the more is being bought by um, by uh, by these corporations. And um, one way that uh, again these, these other cities dealt with it is is to to build housing and and not just housing but actual communities. Um, and one uh, when I when I attended University of Toronto, I stayed in something called uh, University Co-op. Uh, it, it was a form of co-op housing where um, uh, the co-op, which is um, a non-profit, 
owns the the buildings and you you get to uh, live there for a lower rent than uh, what's available uh, in the area and in turn you are supposed to do some work for the community uh, in my case uh, you know you have to do your chores in terms of uh, uh, helping with uh, cleaning the house or uh, washing dishes in the food hall and so on and so forth and everybody has to do it on a rotating basis this is the kind of work you have to do anyways and um, I think uh, governments the federal and provincial government as well uh, should uh, get involved in this and build such co-op housing um, where um, you know where people uh, get to oh and and you know in co-op housing you you get to also to vote on uh, uh, on who administers it and uh, on on issues related to uh, to the building um, and um, yeah it's a system that that's been working quite well uh, for you know, in, in many other areas, and um, that's, that's how I see it. Uh, uh, that's how I see this problem addressed for the long term. Uh, you know, building co-op housing, um, allowing uh, people um, to um, to live in in, in communities, uh, because this is another issue that. Um, that's unfortunately happening in our world is, is uh, uh, communities are destroyed uh, constantly at this, this very rapid pace of, of building and um, skyscrapers uh, appear from uh, almost it feels like from one day to the next the, the entire uh, area is uh, is changing as we uh, as we see, and uh, uh, this is, you know, this is progress. It's uh, it's wonderful that uh, our city is so successful in attracting all, almost all the new immigrants that come to Canada, and um, it's wonderful that uh, uh, you know um, the city is booming. Uh, but at the same time, this takes is taking a toll on on communities and on on. Uh, um, interpersonal relationships and uh, some people may feel it's too much but either way um, we need uh, we need housing we need we need the uh, the issue of affordability affordability to be addressed and like I said um, I, I cannot make promises uh, in, in for the for the provincial or federal government but the city can and should uh, create these, these sleeping pods um, for emergency shelter, uh, which can be rapidly expanded. Uh, can they do not take a, a lot of space? Uh, can be operated at a low cost, uh, and I think it's the future of uh, of uh, emergency shelters. That's definitely a great idea. <clears throat> very very uh it you know it's worth uh looking into i will say that um in terms of uh endorsements is there i ask this question for all the candidates that i interview is there anybody that's running for mayor or other city councilor um uh, candidates or school trustees that you'd be willing to endorse at this time 
Uh, no, at this time, I'm not willing to endorse anyone. Um, again, I think um, unless some other candidate manages to make a splash or make some big announcement or somehow bring attention to an issue, uh, John Tory will get reelected without much effort. Um, and and that is unfortunate because his ties, I don't know if uh, most people know this, but he used to, to be uh, connected to Rogers. Uh, he still is connected to Rogers. And um, this is why, uh, actually, if you go to I, I, I looked it up yesterday and I even uh, tweeted uh, about it. Um, if you go to the candidate list uh, to the Toronto Dossier elections website and you, you try to see the candidates in, uh, in, in the wards, yesterday at least, you weren't able to because the site was no longer available, which may have been because uh, Rogers has uh, you know, uh, had infiltrated uh, the city bureaucracy to such an extent that uh, uh, all these essential services are now uh, going through Rogers. And um, I don't think that's, uh, you know, completely unrelated to to John Tory being um, uh, connected to Rogers. So, again, I, I don't, you know, I'm not against John Tory in particular. But I find it, uh, you know, I find it puzzling that um, he, he uh, and, and, you know, uh, not just puzzling, but regrettable that he failed to provide leadership in terms of uh, the city um, uh, uh, providing a, a free Wi-Fi in the, in the downtown city core which is, you know, something that would greatly uh, help the, the, the businesses and uh, the, the citizens alike. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a connection that uh, we need to, uh, to look more closely into, and uh, it would be wonderful if John Terry would divest himself from, uh, from his ties to Rogers. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I do reserve the right to endorse somebody else uh, at, uh, at a later date. But for the time being, no, I'm not uh, endorsing any particular candidate. Um, and uh, I hope that whoever uh, wins, John uh, Tor included, uh, will, will finally see to it that, um, you know, we have this this uh, oligopolistic market in terms of uh, internet and uh, uh, cellular phone coverage, and uh, um, it, it, the the city can do something to help uh, the citizens of Toronto from from being fleeced by uh, uh, by these uh, basically three providers. And um, and allow them to uh, have better services at, at prices that are comparable to OECD countries. Absolutely, and I want to thank you for coming on and doing this interview with me and, and trusting me to uh, be able to facilitate that. <clears throat> I wish you nothing but luck in your uh, on your campaign trail, and uh, I tell all the candidates, you know, on election night. 
it's me, it's the TV, a bag of popcorn, and I sit there and I watch. I don't I don't just watch the mayor races, I watch the the each ward and all of GTA, not just Toronto. So I wish you nothing but luck on your uh, your journey, and uh, I'll be watching. Thank you very much. Thank you for interviewing me. I think uh, I think your uh, uh, podcasts are, are a truly wonderful uh, thing, and I know you have uh, you know you're trying to fit it into your uh, family life and uh, your other uh, endeavors, and uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, truly a, a great service you provide for uh, the city of Toronto and for the people who listen and uh, yeah I would like to thank you for uh, for inviting me and for contacting me and for interviewing me and uh, for your time and for your viewers time and uh, um, I think uh, this is a great city and I uh, encourage uh, your listeners to uh, keep listening and to uh, vote uh, for the best candidate. Absolutely. Um, voting day is October 24th, and remember the only t the only way to affect change is to be part of it. And thank you That's again. So for, <laughs> and thank you again for coming on, and uh, I wish you luck. You have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great week.